0: This is going to be uh, probably my favorite service of the year, and you will be blown away that you didn't even realize, if you've been coming here any length of time, you've been sitting right in the midst of revival. And as we kind of articulate what God did in 2016, and uh, I think it's going to blow your mind. We are in a little two-part series we're calling Calibrate. Would you say Calibrate with me? Come on, one more time. Calibrate. There you go. And we started last week. Many of you couldn't make it. You were still in holiday mode, and you were scared of the 19-degree weather. I don't blame you one bit. But uh, because uh, b- because we were starting the year fresh, the Lord really spoke to us that it's time to kind of recalibrate some things. And we illustrated it with a drone. I don't know if you've got a drone for Christmas like I did, but, uh, you know, those drones, the remote-controlled drones have those four blades, and you have to constantly be recalibrating this this little, you know device because uh, they four blades fighting kind of against each other, if you will, and they'll constantly pull to one side or the other, and we were talking about, going into 2017, what we needed to recalibrate, and uh, our key scripture was out of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22, it says, you were taught with regard, regard to your former way of life to to put off your old self, and then it continued on and said, put on your new self, and so I challenged us last week that we would that we would... Go and recalibrate three areas of our life. Number one is the area of faith. Um, You know, I don't doubt that you have faith and I have faith, but I also have doubt and unbelief fighting against my faith. And so we have to recalibrate that, because before you know it, you'll be mad that God didn't heal you, or, you get, or God doesn't really heal anymore, and you'll start making crazy doctrine up, and you'll start, because it didn't happen the way you thought it should, and your faith gets weak as we go through this life, and we have to constantly recalibrate it and strengthen it back up again. The second area I challenged us to recalibrate was um, when it comes to righteousness, or rightness with God. It's so easy, Hebrews says, before we know it, we're entangled in sin. It's so easy to serve God and love God. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're back into some old sin. You didn't mean it. It started with just, you know, a glass of wine for your anniversary. And now you're drinking a 12-pack on the weekend and, 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 and you know, uh, can't get off the couch. And and, and before you know it, you're, you're a drunkard. And you didn't mean for that. But we have to recalibrate those areas of our life. And then the third area I challenged this on was to recalibrate our love for Jesus. Listen, I, when, when Jesus was... Died, he died, he resurrected, and he came back and he presented himself to the disciples and he said, go find Peter, the guy who said he would never deny me, go get him for me. And Jesus goes to Peter, walks on the sea- seashore with him of Galilee and he says to him, he says, Peter, why did you do it? Why did you sin against me? That's not at all what he says. He asking him one question, Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times the same question. Because you know, at the end of the day, this is all about... How much we do or don't love Jesus. It really comes down to that. Because whatever you love, you'll be passionate about, right? And those of us that have been married any length of time will tell you, oh, when we first got married, it was wonderful. Till the second day. (laughs) And then we had to fight for love. We had to develop it. In fact, the scripture says in the last days, talking about Christians, the love of most will grow cold. And so we have to constantly recalibrate, oh, have I let other things steal my love from you? Have a fall in love with something else instead of you, Jesus? And so I was challenging us, and I gave us three ways to do that. The first way that I challenged us to recalibrate was, number one, to acknowledge that we're all human, our humanity. Guys, I love you, but we're all sinners saved by grace. Including the guy speaking, right here. We're just sinners saved by grace. Doesn't that take a little pressure off of you? You don't have to get to sainthood before you die? (laughs) We're just all sinners saved by grace. It's just God's grace. And the moment we acknowledge that, God can then move. Right? Because because he says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I'm a sinner, Lord. I just need your help. I'm just an idiot. I can't believe I said that to her again. I, no wonder I keep sleeping on the couch. I'm just an idiot. When we acknowledge that God can start moving, our second way to go about recalibrating that I gave us last week was that you and I needed to identify the areas that are a little off and adjust them. Identify, have, have you gotten to, have, have you started being, um, you know, slothful again? Have you, have you gotten lazy when it comes to just the practical things, just talking to God, praying, you know, whatever you want to call it, interacting with him. Have you, have you, what area is your area? We all have them. And then the third thing that I challenged us to do last week was that we would bring all of that into alignment. And we challenged you by doing that a couple ways. Fasting, we're on a 21-day fast as a church. And, uh, and, and you can fast whatever you want to fast, however you want to fast. We're not making it a religious duty. Somebody came up to me after the service and said, so what do I do? So what do you mean? He goes, the last church I went to told me exactly what to do and how to do it. I was like, that's your problem is that you were just doing a religious duty that didn't come from your heart. What do you feel like you need to cut out of your life for a moment and just be with the Lord on those areas? What do you want to fast food? You want to fast social media? What do you want to fast? And he was like, uh, I, I don't know. I was like, well, pray. God will show you. And he came back, oh, this is so cool, living for God. I was like, Yeah. You're not a drone, you're a human, okay? You have a relationship with your own God, amen. And so, uh, anyway, so we just challenge you to fast a little bit, and so uh, we're believing God's going to do some great things. We're already seeing it in our family, and so as we move from last week's teaching to this week's, calibrating your life, our, our personal lives, last week was the center of the message, this week is about calibrating the church, us as the body of believers, we're one group made of many parts, as as the passage of Scripture says in, in the New Testament. And so you and I recalibrating, what are we doing with this church? What are we and where are we headed? And so what I wanted to do today is a little different than a normal message, but it really will help you understand where we're going how, where we've been, and uh, what we plan on doing in the days ahead. And so with that being said, I want to give you a couple passages of Scripture out of 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 17. It's our key Scripture for today's teaching. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 17, you'll find it on the screen, or you can pull it up on your Bible app on your phone, or if you still read paper, you can go ahead and turn to it. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 17, it says, And I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. I know, my God, that you test the heart, and are pleased with integrity. This comes out of First Chronicles chapter twenty-nine, and what is transpiring in this moment in history is that David is the king of Israel. Israel, as you know, are God's people, the Israelis, the Jews. God picked them years ago. He picked Abraham. And Abraham was a righteous man who served God by faith. And God picked him and said, all of your children, your great-grandchildren, your great 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 they will be my people. I come into covenant relationship with you because of all the peoples of the earth, you're the one who believes in me in this point in history. And so that's where the Israelis came from as God's people. And so the Bible is about Israel. It's about us being grafted in as non-Israelis, and so, and, and so it applies to us as his sons and daughters grafted in. And so David is the king of Israel at this moment. When he was a teenager, he was prophesied by the prophet Samuel that he would be king the problem, because the king at the time, Saul, had been disobedient to the Lord. and So God was going to remove him and his line and give it to this little shepherd boy, this little snotty-nosed dude, and uh, you know this little ruddy-crazy guy who loved God. And so David, though he was prophesied to be king, it was many years later later, way past the prophetic word that it actually transpired. In fact, Saul got so angry and so scared of David's anointing that he began to try to kill him. And David had to flee Israel, Jerusalem. He had to flee and go hide out in the pagan world. And you see, as God did what God said he would do, and and Saul and his son Jonathan die in a battle, David comes back to Israel, and he begins to fight all the enemies of God's people and literally... Brings peace to the people of Israel as a war against all the surrounding. you got a picture in your mind, if you will. You see, you live in the United States of America. You don't really have to want for anything. We have the greatest military ever assembled in the history of the world. No one comes in and destroys us and then goes back to their country taking our wives, our kids, all of the plunder of our homes. You don't have your homes just destroyed and your, and your cars stolen from you and your money stolen from you. That just doesn't happen as nations attacking nations. But this is what was transpiring in this season. David sets it all right, builds up their military, builds up all the pieces of security that they needed and secures the nation. And they're now in a time of peace. And what rulers typically did in this time was they would then build their big mansions. Or they'd build their castles. Go through Europe, you'll see all these castles. What that was, was no one can come and conquer me because I have established, I have a strong military, I have all these people uh, that are my subjects, and I now will build a castle to my greatness and what I was able to accomplish as their leader. And the castles, you see them all throughout Europe and other parts of the world still exist. Many of you go visit them on vacations and things like that. David said, I will build... I will build the castle of all castles for the real king of Israel, Jehovah God. The Spirit gives him a download of exactly what it's supposed to look like. It's, and David's heart is so surrendered to the Lord. And he wants all the people of the world, as they come to Jerusalem, as they come to Israel, to see who the real king is, who is the real success story, who has brought them the success that they have. And so he begins to give the majority of his possession, of his wealth, towards the building of this temple, if you will, a place where God can dwell. Although God wants to dwell in the hearts of men, He a place that represented him so the people of the world could say, that's the God of Israel. That's the King of Israel. That's who made them successful. That's who protects them in the night against all the enemies of the world. And so as David began to give, the leadership of the city, of, of the nation began to give. The great warriors began to give. The mighty men of valor gave. And then when the people saw that, they said, wow, even the even the leadership is willing to give half their wealth away to build God's house will give as well. And it got to one passage scripture says they kept giving so much that David had to stop them and say enough. We got plenty. Let's do this thing and build God his house. In the midst of that whole process as this is transpiring in 1st Chronicles chapter 29, David begins to rejoice and he begins to make a declaration. And I want to bring you to that in chapter 29 verse 16. And David says, O Lord, our God, as for all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name, it comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. He says, listen, God, we're bringing all this before you, but quite honestly, it's all yours anyway. God gave you the ability to make to work your job, friend. He gave you your intellect. in one car accident, you can be paralyzed. You can be brain dead. It's God protecting you to bring in wealth. So therefore, as David says, it's all yours anyway. He says, so we brought it all before you. In verse 17, our key scripture, he says, And I know, my God, that you test the hearts and are pleased With integrity, what he's saying is, listen God, you test the hearts and the reason why you're blessing us like this, the reason we have peace, the reason why we've taken our enemies down, the reason why we can build great homes for ourselves and we can build a great temple for you, is because you've tested our heart and you found us to be integrous. And it's not about our own, it's not about us, it's about you and you see that integrity so you can bless us like we're seeing this blessing all of these things I have given willingly and with honest intent and now I have seen with joy how willing your people who are here have given to you oh Lord God of our fathers Abraham Isaac and Israel keep this desire in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you he's seeing a miracle happen because people people want to give to the building of God's work And he's blown away. He goes, wow, look at the integrity of our heart that we only care about what God wants. And he goes, and God, please, may it never leave them all their days. Obviously, it did. And Israel, again, got conquered, Babylon, Persia, all the different ones. But here's the bottom line. God sees the heart, and he rejoices when he finds integrity. I want to give you an integrous report today about your church now, maybe you came here and it's your first time and you're you know, hoping to get a good message that would minister to you. Friend, what I'm going to share with you today should minister to you more than anything you've ever heard or seen. And I'll tell you why. Because you need to know, if you're going to be a part of this church, you want to know where your kids are at. Where are you going you to raise your family in a church that's got integrity. Come on somebody that's doing something for the Lord that's moving and heading places. You don't want to be a part of a group of people who are stealing the money and manipulating the situations. And so today I want to give you a great report. And we have four main ministries in this church we have our kids ministry, our youth ministry, our young adult ministry and small groups now I want you to know we're a wise leadership here Other churches will have all types of ministry. They'll have 20, 30 ministries. Here's the problem with having lots of ministry. You have to have lots of leadership. Then you have to have lots of budgets to finance those ministries. And every Sunday is someone standing up there saying, please sign up for our ministry. Please, we can't do it unless we do. We need more money, pastor. Please give for more money so we can do this thing that we want to do. Friend, at the end of the day, God told us to make disciples. That's what he gave us a command to do. And the best way to make disciples is when disciples make disciples. Sermons don't make disciples. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, events don't make disciples. Disciples make disciples, and so this church is all about small group life, us coming together in relationship lines to actually do great things for the Lord and become more like Him. So four main ministries, and so what I want to do today is I want to give you a report of the state of the integrity so that we can rejoice, so that you know what you've been given to, what you've been being a part of, and so I want to start with our first and foremost with our kids ministry, Kids on the Hill. So we got a little video report, come on, play that video for them right there. Okay, so I'm sitting here with our Kids Ministers for Kids on the Hill, and I'm so grateful for the last couple years that Pastors Jack and Nicole and all their investment to build our Kids Ministry to where it's at today, and this last year, they handed the reins over to Paul Zinn and his team, and they're just doing a magnificent job under the oversight of Miss Jamie McCain, and, and tell us about the Kids Ministry.
1: Yeah, our heart is to connect your kids with the heart of Christ, have a personal relationship with them. Yeah then to reach out of themselves into the people that are right there around Teach them, them the people the in their, yeah. their circle, and then as well to reach out even further to be into missional. the world, to be yes. missional. That's right. You know, yeah. I get told
0: all the Teach time by parents that uh, my kid was real nervous to go to the kid's church. It's the first time at the church. And when they walked in, not only did all the ministers, the kid's leaders reach out to them, but they said the kids grabbed their kids and said, come on, yeah. let's yeah. worship God it's together. So and we, we minister to a lot of kids.
2: We do. Uh, 150 to 200 yeah. kids in a sunday and i'm so grateful for the volunteers and the kids ministers that are back there i think they really set the tone in the heart you know it takes close to a hundred volunteers to pull off our sunday services wow. and so we need you we always can use more yeah, people almost 200 Love kids every kids. week
0: Woo, hoo, hoo, <laughs>
2: help?
0: no it's magnificent what yeah, god's doing it's and, and talking about being missional you did some missional things
1: this year with them yeah no we we uh we did we we were we had a goal to uh raise up enough money to get a uh, water buffalo for a village that desperately needed it to build their economy in that village. And uh, not only did the kids rally around that and raise up enough money to buy one water buffalo, but also two water buffaloes and a chicken. It was amazing. It was awesome.
0: I know that all the spare chains that fell out of the dryer, uh, Adeline was stealing that, and I think it was ending up in the water buffalo fund. So it was magnificent. You know,
2: another thing that happened in 2016 is we started on a remodel project back on the kids' wing. We are about 50% finished through a lot of hard work and some incredible donations from you guys right here in the church. And we'd like to finish that out in 2016.
0: I love the shameless plug.
2: Help, we need more.
0: Okay, but it looks magnificent what we've done so far. mm and There's more to be done. Mm -hmm. Kids on the Hill, magnificent. I'm so proud of you guys. And I believe that 2017 is going to be the best year that we've ever had in our kids' ministry. Come on, give it up for Cough Kids. (laughs) Kids on the Hill. I wanted you to know exactly what was happening back there and how we love your children. And it's a safe place for your family second area or second ministry that we put focus on here is our youth ministry. And, uh, you know, we believe if we don't invest in the JV squad, we won't have a varsity team eventually. And you look at some of these basketball and football programs and nobody invested in the JV squad uh, because it didn't make them enough money. And you look up one day and you don't exist. Do you, do you know that uh, 85% of churches in America are in decline? What's happened is they've gotten old. There's nothing wrong with getting old. What's wrong is when the older has not invested in the younger And there's no younger fruit on the vine And that has to be a constant movement So that's why you find this to be a multi-generational congregation And a multi-racial congregation Why? Because we invest in the younger I want this to be a place Where your grandkids want to go to church with you You say, well, I don't like the drums It's loud and those lights and all that Look, you're going to serve God no matter what Because you're old, okay Put the earplugs in and let's get You are, I am I don't like half of it either I've been saved so long, it don't matter anymore, you know? It's like, whatever. But you know what? Your grandkids love it, and you know what? That's good enough for me. I'd rather them sit next to you, worshiping Jesus, than whether or not you like the drums or not. Come on, somebody. We've got to be more mature than that. What? Well, we won't have an inheritance. It'll all die out. 80% of uh, 20-somethings leave the church the moment they graduate high school because, because we no longer care about where they're at what they're going through. They're big things that we got to tackle. And so this is our youth ministry and a report from them. EP, Pastors Jonathan and Myrna Pena.
3: Hey, guys, I'm sitting with our
0: youth pastors, Pastors Jonathan and Myrna Pena, and they oversee our youth ministry that we call the Ezekiel Project. And 2016 was so rewarding. Just God did some amazing things. And specifically,
1: I want you to tell us about the two big events that you did. That was cool. Yeah, so the first event we did was our big car giveaway that we did in August. And uh, we had a car donated to us, and we said if you, whoever can bring the most students between a set period of time wins the car. Yep. And the one of the car actually brought over 35 students. Wow. Second place was right on their heels. So and, for those uh, months, all of our young people bring in their friends a school, and, yeah. and we're seeing them get saved. Absolutely They're magnificent! Yeah, try to plug them into small groups and things like that. Awesome, awesome. Event. And we have
0: small groups for our young people. Yeah. That's powerful and pretty cool too. And yeah. then our second big event, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, the yeah. ultimate
1: Christmas party, and uh, we wanted to do that uh, purely as an evangelistical thing. Just bring the focus back to to Jesus and Christmas. And, uh, and we had an amazing event, s'mores, bonfires, yeah. all of those things. I was there, and I couldn't believe how many young people gave their life
0: to Jesus, yeah. and the
1: DJ was pulling, it all. It was really cool. Yeah, preach a gospel
0: message. Maybe. We have our weekly services, our small groups, yep. and then, Myrna, we did our own camp the last couple years, yes. our own summer camp. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes,
1: so we, it's a lot of work. We pull up our own summer camp. Uh, we had an increase in kids that came, kids that don't even come to EP came yeah. to summer Raising camp. Raising their
0: own money to go to summer yes, camp. Yes,
1: yes. We saw lives being changed. We saw... We saw people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We saw uh, uh, people getting baptized in water and just a unity.
0: And tell us about what yeah. the leadership of oh, the camp, yeah. the retreat center said. Yes, yeah. yeah.
1: so the leader, the staff, and the, and the directors of the camp came up to Jonathan and I and said, you know, we love to see your youth group on our schedule every summer yeah. because we just love to see you guys How unified you are, how much you love each other and the Lord, and how diverse you are. Yeah. Uh, Black
0: kids, white kids, Hispanic kids, Asian kids loving each other, (laughs) acting like Jesus. Yeah. And they don't get to see that. They don't. They don't. And and then not only that, but we're not tearing up up their retreat center either. Real respectful and that kind of thing. Now, 2017 is going to be magnificent. Tell us
1: kind of what you see happening. Yeah, we're looking at expanding our campus influence, looking uh, to get into some of the charter schools that have uh, opened up and reached out to us, as well as take ministry right to where the students are yeah. with uh, changing up small groups a little bit. Looking yeah, you for some and your homes. team, let
0: me go back to that. You and your team every week go into uh, the schools here. Absolutely. And the,
1: and the collegiate schools really opened up. Yeah, every you. week at the collegiate high school, we have over 250 students whose fifth period is with us. Yeah. They have to sit with us uh, every fifth period on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, so they get to see a good Christian representation and
0: and hear character
1: and teachings like that from us, and
0: the staff think we're amazing in that. 2017 is going to be amazing for our young people. Thank you for all that you give and all that you do to help us win a younger generation. Come on, give it up for E.P., Ezekiel Project. The third ministry that we have here uh, is for our 20-somethings, and uh, we call that the rally. And uh, yeah, and our young adults are probably one of the greatest strengths of our church. They, uh, They actually... Uh, The rally actually has committed to be here as much as they can on Sunday evenings. Sometimes our Sunday evening service doesn't have enough volunteerism to pull off some of the pieces, like checking kids into the kids' area and help with the cafe and things like that. And so they've kind of committed to be here on the Sunday evening services as well to help us. And so here's a little report from the rally and Pastor Sean Bates. Hey, guys, I'm sitting here with our young adult pastor, Pastor Sean Bates. He's an amazing man of God, and uh, this last year, Pastor Sean got the reins from the Daffers yeah. who had been our young adult pastors, and they went and planted a church, and tell everybody a little bit about that.
4: Yeah, so we planted the Daffers in Chattanooga, Tennessee. They actually took their whole leadership base, so that's like half the college ministry, and we planted a church in Chattanooga, and we then afterwards we had a whole group of young adults rise up and take over, and it's been amazing. I've been so sense.
0: proud of you guys, and you guys have just basically been in a, in a rebuild this year, Correct. and uh, now you call it the Rally Two Four Five. Tell us what that means. Yeah, so we meet
4: the second, the fourth, and the fifth right. Thursday of every single month. Yeah, our Two Four Five, and so and we'll do different things throughout the, that month, whether it be a service or taking over a local business. And yeah. so we just do Ooh, that. We'll take over local business. What yeah, do you mean, so like for instance, uh, in February we plan to take over the trampoline park here in Cedar Hill. We're going to be having a big dodgeball tournament, and then we're going to call ahead and ask if we can worship on the premises. If they, they'll allow yeah. us to. If not, we'll
0: go to a park and worship there. So just having a lot of fun together. I love that because I know this last year, you, call, you would call ahead to some restaurants yeah. and say, hey, listen, I'm bringing in 40, 50 young adults. Absolutely. Uh, we just want to eat there. We're going to tip well. And we're going to be Snapchatting and social mediaing on you. And uh, they got excited most yeah. of all these other Actually, places. the
4: owner of Crave played volleyball with us afterwards. <laughs> was really, really cool. Oh, cool. So.
0: And, and it boosts their bottom line. Absolutely. And you guys tip well and things like that. Yeah. wow Well, thank you for loving our community. Absolutely. And so uh, so not only are you having services here at the church, you're out in the community uh, having meetings like this, you're doing activities. And then what else do you see happening for 2017? 2017? 2017, we're going to continue to plow on cultural issues. Um, Last
4: year, we had a big, awesome discussion on racism. And so this year, we're going to be talking about homosexuality and how to love that community. And so we're really plowing on that. And then we want to continue to grow our community base. We have really, really great small groups. And so we want to launch out some more leaders in this next year. Yeah, I
0: think you said we're probably going to be doubling them this year. Absolutely. That's so exciting. Thank you guys for killing it for the Lord. And so I I see that there's another thing on the horizon you're really excited about, too. We're going to be going to Cuba. Cuba! Uh,
4: So I am so excited. We're going to be going in to a communist nation like that's like christianity special ops and so it's going to be a great opportunity to be able to spread the gospel and love on a people group who really haven't had an opportunity to be open to the gospel
0: hey i'm so proud of our young adult ministry and i'm so proud of all you guys that help support the church and all that we're doing for jesus and uh so 2017 going to be the best year the rally has ever had come on give it up for the rally powerful so that's a report on what they looked like last year uh, if you didn't catch that, we actually, the leadership of the rally, uh, the Aldaffers and their team, uh, at the beginning of 2016, uh, we planted them, uh, and they took, all, you know, 20 plus of them, uh, which is about $26,000 a year in tithe, which would be a staff position, and we planted that church in Chattanooga, and they're doing great. They send report back saying, thank you for all you gave to them. Just really proud that we're multiplying ourselves And Ministry main focus area that I want to uh, give you a report on is our small groups. Everybody say small groups. <laughs> now, for some of you, you came out of a church environment where small group meant, um, and I'm constantly trying to help you redefine that and get and kind of break some of the strongholds of your mind. Some of you think small group is a Friday night Bible study after you had chips and dips and three points and a poem and some worship and that kind of stuff. That's awesome, and we do some of that, but that's not the goal. The goal for small group life for us is that you growing God with each other, that you grow in relationship with each other, and that you actually are helping other people come to know Christ. So we're not, we're not held to a certain format. We've got people who meet once a month, but they're on the phone all week long with each other. We've got folks who just interact through social media, and they're growing in God, reaching our goals, growing in relationship with one another, and causing others to come to Christ as a result of that interaction. We want you to have friends to do life. We're not looking for another religious duty what we're trying to do is connect you to someone else because as iron sharpeneth iron so one brother and sister sharpen another and uh, and like i said you don't become a disciple by sitting in services you, co- you become a disciple of christ and you grow in the things of the lord by being next to someone who's growing in the things of the lord and you sharpen one another and that's why you got to have good godly fro- folks because you know your o- old friends are still trying to get you drunk every weekend come on they're still trying to get you in the club you 50 years old like why are you trying to go to the club <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the fourth area that I want fourth ministry that, that's important to us is called small groups let 's get a little report from the from the woods about it. Okay, so I'm sitting here with the woods, and there are small group pastors. And 2016 was amazing for small groups at Church on the Hill. Tell us a little bit about it. It's been so phenomenal. Like you said, we brought on an average of a small group every month. That means every month we added wow. a small group. I mean, and it's been so life Which we needed because we had so many people getting saved and coming to the church. Absolutely. Yeah. There's been, I mean, just further salvations, healing of marriages. We had one fella that he moved away for a job to Houston, but he came back to small group every week because it was such a life-giving he, group. It's he amazing. He drove three and a half hours. Yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable. What I love about our small groups is that we do everything through small groups, and one of the things that we do through small groups is all of our outreaches, and so tell us a little bit what we've done.
2: Yeah, we've had groups that have done evangelism here and. Cedar Hill and downtown Dallas. We've um, done an outreach to Bridges, Safe House for women and children, and we've also had a lot of hospital
3: visitations. Yeah,
0: Mr. Josiah Otto takes lead on that, and he's taking our small groups out. Like you were saying, they go, uh, my favorite was they went under the bridges and, and fed homeless folks, and then, of course, just evangelism door to door and things like that. So we're really seeing great things happen, but 2017, we've got a real heart to do more. 2017, we want to see a doubling of our small groups. And Jesus so name. what that means is we need you just to open your life if, God, if you love God and you love love people and then you're our match that's who we're praying for so jump on in into our pursuit track which is our training track and open up your life you will be amazed as people are healed their marriages are brought back together and you're just set on fire as you serve god yeah you don't have to be a professional pastor it's just get in there and let's love people together and we're believing for a doubling we've got almost 50 small groups now we would like to see 100 by the end of 2017 so this year is going to be the best year of our life when it comes to small group get in get involved yeah, give it up for small groups. Great report by the woods. And so then there are two other areas that I want to highlight from the church, and that is the uh, first one uh, outside of our ministry is missions. Uh, we give 10% of all the tithes and offerings goes to missions. We're one of the few churches that still support individual missionaries uh, as well as missions organizations. The reason why is because we raised up missionaries, and we sent them out of our church, so we ought to at least support them. And so, uh, and we started small with just $50, $100, but as we're growing as a church, we're increasing that the best we can. And so, give you a quick report from Ms. Erica Byler about our missions ministry. Hi guys, I'm sitting here with our missions director, Mrs. Erica Byler, and her family and our family, we've been doing missions together for a long time, and one of the beauties of Church on the Hill is you give your tithes and offerings, we take 10% of that, and we actually give it to missions, and uh, we support a number of missionaries, 2016, how many missionaries did we support?
3: Yeah, we support about 10 individuals or families, and four missions organizations, so all in total, our support goes to about 40 to 50 countries around the world.
0: Touching a lot of countries around the world, right here from Cedar Hill, how magnificent is that, and then a number of those people too. We're right out of our, our own church. church yeah. They raised up and we sent them to the field. Wow, magnificent. At the same time, the second part of what we do missionally is that we actually try to get you and us on short-term trips. In uh, 2016, we took a number of trips. Tell us about those.
3: Yeah, we took four trips to Nevada, the Navajo Nation, Mexico, and we're sending a spring break trip to Columbia. We took about 30 of you this year, and so we're That's looking awesome. to impress And them. we had some
0: really good experiences. Tell us about some of those. Yeah,
3: something that really touched me was watching the Cushanic kids um, pray over the kids at the special needs orphanage. Oh. So intimidating, but those kids just jump right in and just pray to those, those kids are
0: kids. some of them are chained, chained to, the to the bed, bed. Yeah. and here our kids are laying hands on and ministering yeah. to them. Oh, that's so powerful! 2017 is going to be even better. We have a great vision to increase our support to those missionaries we already support and add a couple, a, a couple more for 2017, and then our short-term trips. What else do we want to do with those?
3: So we're taking the same four as we did last year, but we're adding Israel, as you know. Just launched the Cuba dates, so check those out at Kofmissions.us <laughs> We're also adding a small uh, weekend trip that's, oh, that's for you guys to go a full week. Yeah,
0: and we're going to do something like Houston. Yep, go to Minister to the
3: Homeless and the Dream Center.
0: Dream Center, yep. be powerful. And so we want to get 100 people on Short term Missions trip in 2017. And I believe if they'll go, it'll change their life like it's changed ours. Yeah. So 2017, missions, the vision there is huge. Be a part. Amen. Amen. Come, everybody say yes. yes. Thank you for volunteering to go on a missions trip. I appreciate you saying yes to that just now. and. Uh, <sighs> We, uh, we believe firmly that if you'll get on a little short missions trip, break all that Americanism off of you, I tell you, I'd rather stand in line handing out food to homeless people than standing in line to get on a roller coaster that I'm going to throw up everything I just ate. And so and those things are good, too. I mean, I'd rather you, you know, I want you to get to go visit the giant rat in Orlando, but at the same time, there are a lot of folks who have needs and that the best thing you could ever do is bring your family and go minister to people and hand food out and love on them and pray with them, and, and, and you know, we, we were talking about being missional in, uh, in December, and I wanted you to see how much your church is missional, that we're moving forward and going and touching the world, and so as a result of that, I want you to see what we do in our community, our community outreaches and our community events, all to touch Cedar Hill and the surrounding areas, and that we're a real active church, and I think that's what's caused literally things to shake loose, if you will, in the spirit realm because we're actually making a difference in our city. I want you to hear this report about our city outreaches and uh, events. You know, so Church on the Hill, we express church in three ways, we always say it. We have a celebration service, which you're sitting in now, and, um, and then we have small group life uh, that most of you are involved in. And the third way that we express church is our involvement in our city through events, through activities and getting in there and serving our city. And so I've got Pastor Jamie McCain here with me and Pastor Jonathan Pena, and they're kind of the lead out on what we do in the city and the events that we do as a church to touch our city and communicate to our community how much we love them and serve them properly. Tell us a little bit. 2016, we did some really good things for our community.
2: Absolutely. I love being a part of a church that doesn't just believe that they occupy property in a community, but they understand that they can serve and be the heart of their community. And Church on the Hill does just that, not just with the events that we initiate, but practically every event in the city has a church. Church on the hill person either serving or in leadership and that's something that we are so proud so of. what are some of those events so that we have the, we were a part of the martin luther king peace march country day on the hill the arts festival um, serving in various ways through the different block parties that have gone on through the city the neighborhood associations and in so many other ways that uh, just just serving in any way we can and
0: getting a lot of our people involved in, in city servant work and things like that has just been magnificent 2016 we want to increase that in 2017 now we did a lot of
1: events as a
0: church they touch our city as well, well Tell most us definitely the,
1: that. we did miracle weekend uh, miracle weekend takes place the day before Easter and uh, this year we increased our our egg output uh, by 5,000 we had 25,000 eggs that we dropped from a helicopter we had over 5,000 people come out to that event. And you can see right those here. little kids were just so touched Absolutely, in. People were like, wow, this is what a church and a city partnership can I mean, bring. One thing that we wanted was that kids wouldn't leave with five or ten eggs in their basket. We wanted them overflowing, and that's exactly what we get.
0: And our real heart was that we'd also show um, that you can be a miracle in somebody's Absolutely. life. So we took
1: two kids from the high school. Yeah, we had two student leaders in the high school that we picked were people that, that were basically a miracle in somebody's life and we gave him a scholarship to college. He had a five hundred dollars scholarship yeah. that we uh, that we were able to provide him with uh, the Miracle Weekend scholarship, and uh, we'll do that. That's again what this we year. did
0: as a church. So us sponsoring. Now, also at the same time, we did a lot of things in the city where. Um, Where we helped with uh, some of the unwed mothers' homes, we did some things like Mm -hmm. that. And exactly,
2: mostly through our small groups and through other opportunities, we would go to the Bridges Safe House and help put together bicycles for kids. Serving on the food pantry board and as well as serving at the food pantry.
0: Yeah, so the food pantry is a big deal for us um, because we could have one at our church or we could just get involved in the one in the city and make it better, which is what we do, which is real powerful. We do again that through small groups. We talked a little bit about that in small group life. Now. Uh, the events that we did, not only with the city, but also for our
1: church—absolutely. Yeah, father's yeah. Day, father's Mother's Day—we Day, did a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, Father's like that. Day, we served uh, roughly 200 fathers, yeah. and for Mother's Day, we provided them with uh, 250 buntinis And so, for all the moms that came into that, we had the block party yeah. this year. That was hindered a little bit by rain, but if you guys remember that, uh, we had 500 people come out to that. We were expecting right around a thousand, but 500 people to come out when the weather's bad, unpredictable to come out was awesome yeah, was for magnificent. what we were looking for. And then uh, one of the things that we do is we we have adopted two schools absolutely. in this city. Tell us
0: about
2: those schools. We've adopted Bray and Collegiate Middle and Collegiate High School as a, as a group. And what we do for them is we pray for them we serve in any ways we can. We cook food for them and we just let them know that we really appreciate them and and how much they care for our kids. And so
0: we took from our tithes and offerings, we gave school supplies this year to them. We also um, at Christmas time, we got involved in what the city was behind and that was uh, giving toys to kids through one of the local churches and so we gave a big chunk of change towards that, guys. I'm so proud of us having enough money to do that and they were able to give toys out to kids and so you may not have went physically, but we did it as a church in, in representing you and it's just been a great thing. Now, what do you want to see for two thousand and seventeen when it comes to events and our
1: involvement in the city? What do you see happening? Man, I would love to see our Miracle Weekend event expand its influence to about ten thousand families Let's do this year. I would love to for us to service roughly five hundred people, fathers and mothers on both our Father's Day and our Mother's Day events. That's something I would like to see uh, for our church and also our block party to, to not only affect the two adopted schools that we have, but the community around yeah. us here in, in the High Point neighborhood. Yeah,
0: I think it would be awesome. And then What, yeah, what do you see happening? It, you
2: know, it's important to me, in addition to serving at many of the events that happen in the city, is that we really, really let those teachers and students at our adopted schools know that we support them and we believe in them. There's opportunities for mentoring programs and just continued support for these amazing teachers. The other thing is many of our organizations are already doing great things like the toy drives and there's block parties that, this, that the, uh, the, the police pull off and different things like that. Serving in those capacities, there's no need to reinvent the wheel and create a new event when there's such a synergy with partnering with cities and other nonprofits that are already establishing a work.
0: So yeah, so this year we're planning on really be involved in the big block party that they do every year for uh, the entire city. And, uh, and showing up in, uh, in big capacity. So that's what your finances gave towards this year, and then this is what we're doing next year. It should be great. Events and activities in our city, that's what God's called us to. Come on, give yourselves a hand for touching your city. <laughs> a, number <of> t- <laughs> a number of times we give, and, uh, and we don't necessarily bring it before you. We just do it. Uh, that we uh, steward the finances so well that we have the money and the budget here or there to just give to things. Like, for example, we gave thousands of dollars to uh, multiple churches in Louisiana during that flood that they had a few months ago. It just put your name on it. Church on the Hill gives this to you. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about not letting the right hand know what the left hand's doing. What it was talking about is not, um, is not going around uh, bragging about it. And so we don't do a lot of that. We just did it and just bless bless the people. Uh, also, I forgot to tell you this. In our missions group, uh, Chris Hart Jr. works for... For world Compassion. He's one of the missionaries that we support. And uh, they called us in uh, October. And I don't know if you knew about this. It uh, was on the news. But I guess um, the Iraqi military and uh, UN forces were going to go in and take back Mosul, M-O-S-U-L, a city in Iraq where uh, the ISIS uh, group had had kind of been uh, had gotten in there a few years back and just were torturing the people and cutting their heads off in the middle of the streets and stuff and so they were going to take the city back in October and as a result, 100,000 people fled their homes just getting out of the city, trying to keep alive as they're blowing buildings up and fighting there with the Iraqi military versus the ISIS you know group and this whole thing and 500 families, they called us and said listen, we've got 500 families we've identified that are on the side of the road who have no food, no clothing they have no with their lives and their children, can you help finance some of that? We sent money over to that. That's all of us. Come on, somebody, give yourselves a hand for that. And so we don't always make a big deal of it or big, do a big push in front of you. We just, if we got it, we send it so the Lord can, he can move through us. And so that's what our gifts of, uh, of tithes and offerings before the Lord are going to. And I want to rejoice in a couple of other pieces. And we'll go back to the piece that, that I didn't talk, I want to put it here. I want you to know that as Christians, as ministers, as people who are reaching out to friends and neighbors and families. This last year, in 2016, we saw 500 people make decisions for Jesus Christ in this church. Come on, give yourselves a hand. It's awesome. Come on, you can do that better than that. There's 500 people that aren't going to go to hell. They're going to spend eternity burning forever separated from God. That's miraculous. The Bible says uh, that in in the book of Acts that they had daily salvations. It's what we would call revival. Well, there are only 365 days in a year, and we saw 500 people saved. So I would say we're having daily salvations as well. Here, let me give you another uh, statistic or number. We'll put it up on the screen for you now. And that is we saw 100-plus people water baptized this year at Church on the Hill. Give yourselves a hand for that, being baptized. You know, uh, 90% of the churches in America did not baptize one person last year. How sad is that? Did not deepen their commitment to the Lord through water baptism like they're supposed to. Unbelievable. And here, here's another statistic I'll give you. We had 1,094 first-time visitors in our church in 2016. 1,000. That's an average of almost 20 people a year. Some of you guys were them. Have filled out cards. And that's not talking about kids. That's talking about heads of households. That's talking about adults. Uh, and that's just miraculous. Friend, I would call that revival. I would call that God's hand of mercy. Why? Because of the integrity of our hearts. David sat there as the people gave. And we were, and they were building God's house. And he sat there with probably tears coming down his cheek. And that's where he said, God, I know that you bless your people because of the integrity of their heart. God is blessing our church because of the integrity of your heart. That it's not about money for you, it's not about comfort for you, it's about God having a place that he can call his own and a people that are his. Thank you for being like that. And then the last little piece that I would give you is I could not, I could not quantify this numerically. So we just got to do it by a show of hands. We had so many healings last year. God touching people physically healing marriages, healing people mentally and emotionally. If God healed you last year, did a supernatural work in your body or in your mind or in your marriage or something like that, would you just lift a hand right where you stand? Look around. Look at this right there. That is supernatural. God is in our midst. Now, what I'd like to do at this point, if you don't mind, is we gave you all of these, uh, a handout when you walked in today. And uh, if you didn't get it, it'll be on the screen and you can grab it on your way out. Or if you want to lift your hand, our, uh, our leaders will come by and hand you one if you need one. But this is um, basically a review of our finances. Now, if you're an accountant, we didn't drill down that deep. It's too boring. We just gave you the over big pieces. Uh, but they do add up accountants. I promise you the numbers work. And so let's uh, open the, in, in, uh, the inside of it. This is our 2016 in review. And you'll notice at the top, this is from December, the month of December 2015, to the month of November, which is twelve months, but the reason that is is because we could not include December in the of two thousand and sixteen in this number because we could not, we could not bring all of those finances together for a report and get it put in a document to be sent to the printer to have it brought back, especially during Christmas holidays. Are you with me? say yes, so this is a twelve month report, but we did the same thing last year, so we report if you will, from December to November. It's still a 12-month report, but I wanted you guys to catch that, you guys that are detailed. And here we go. Are you ready to rejoice with me? Come on, you ready to get excited? Our tithes and offering in 2016 was 861171 and 90 Thank you for the 90 cents. Give the Lord a hand. God has blessed us. Yeah. You know, you know why that number is that number? Because God blessed your businesses. God bless you and as a result you responded to what he, he said. Test me and see test me and prove me and see if you if you'll be faithful to the tithe, if I will not turn back a blessing for you. Now some of you are carrying all the other lazy bums in here, but that's all right. You'll get a, you'll get a vision at some point. The special offerings came to almost twelve thousand dollars. Give yourselves a hand for that. And then our Academy Cafe and Event Center uh, brought in 70 to, almost $73,000. For you guys that don't understand that, we have an academy and that academy has people who uh, pay to put their kids in that academy. We make money with the coffee that we sell, praise the Lord. And uh, and then also we have an event center. You can rent this place out for weddings and quinceañeras. You can't rent rent, uh, rent it out for booty uh, shake dances or anything like that because uh, in our 501C3 we can say what you can and can't rent it out for. And, uh, and so it's, it's a So we keep it saved, just for all you guys are worried about that. But as a result of that, we can bring in income. Now, as a nonprofit, we can bring in income. We just cannot uh, have an income, if you will, that we we make profit on for ourselves. We we distribute all that out to the needs of the community and and the ministry that goes forth. And so $73,000, what that is, friends, is good management. We had a vision from the very beginning of this church that the building would not own us. And so I talk, to, I talk to people all the time, city government, uh, bankers, and they say, you know what we don't like about churches? is that you get the best property, you get all the people to pay for it, you build these big old buildings and all this fancy stuff, and then guess what? After about 20 years, the property's not worth anything. You beat it up, tear it up, change pastor 16 times, and you take the best property and you take it off the tax roll and the city doesn't benefit from you. You're... And all you do is run around whining what the city doesn't give you, yet you suck up the uh, the, the fire department's needs when, you, when your building catches on fire. They still have to come put it out, and you don't even pay taxes for it. You don't, you don't take care of the police, and yet the police come, and if anything breaks in, it helps you with the church and, and all these other pieces. Friend, we said that this facility would be a blessing to our community so people can rent it out for things that are godlike, if you will, or just good stuff. And then also we have a daycare where we're helping families who, you know, do in having to, both mom and dad have to work, or single moms, and so we're using it. And as a result, it brings in an income. That's just good business. That's just smart sense. Amen. If you look down at our expenses, you'll see how we manage the Lord's resources. First piece, you'll see uh, if our tithes and offerings were eighty six, uh, eight hundred sixty one thousand. Our missions ten percent was eighty six thousand that we gave to missions. Give yourselves a hand for that. Missionaries say thank you, and uh, and the different ones say thank you so much. Uh, our facilities, you'll see that's the bulk of our expense in this ministry. It almost $300,000, that's everything from the mortgage on this place, what you thought it was free God just gave it to us from heaven, no no we had to, it was built by another ministry and we took it over and so the mortgage on a place like this, it's uh, what are we, uh, 38,000 square feet, just to heat and cool it is a big deal and you'll ask any of the people who uh, work here, they're freezing all day long because uh, because the temperature not- Nazi sitting on the front row makes sure that all thermostats are turned off and you just wear more clothes to work here and, uh, and you, if you ever come visit us, during the day, you'll find all the lights are out. You're walking through the hallways in the dark, you know, with your little flashlight on your phone. Like, where do we go to meet? Why? Because we're saving on electricity. Because you know what? If we steward God's stuff well, he will, he will see the integrity of our heart, and he'll bless everything we put our hand to. Isn't that good? Say yes. And so, and then our staff salaries, it's just at 211000 for anybody in leadership, anybody in business, anybody who has their own business, you'll know that that number is crazy unbelievable. We've got about five, uh, five of us that are full-time. We, uh, we have about 10 part-timers, and we have about 20 or 30, I think we're 25 or 30 right now, of what we call stipend folks. So we're talking about almost 40, somewhat you know, stipend, part-time, full-time staff, at only uh, $211,000 in salaries. What that means is, your pastor ain't driving a Mercedes yet. No, I'm just kidding. But you... <laughs> I'm praying them cats keep making babies. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> For you guys that don't know, we we have a side income by breeding kitty cats, and uh, uh, but anyway, so so that is just that's magnificent, and the reason why is because because uh, because we do it right, and uh, and because we steward God's resources properly, and we've got a great team. Uh, you'll see from the salary, staff salaries, you see celebration services at one hundred eleven thousand and some change, and so all that we do for the celebration services and what it costs to pull off the services, and then and then from there, the operational expenses, we keep that real low. You see that at $41,000, and, uh, you know, I'll talk about operational expenses for a second, you know, Pastor Jonathan Pena, it's not even his job description, but he was in there because the water fountain, if you remember a couple of months ago, was leaking all over the place. You're standing in water while trying to get some water at the water fountain, and it busted, and so instead of just calling a company and spending a $1,000 to have the water fountain replaced, we went all through the internet, tried to find a part. Took the thing apart. Johnson's down. He don't even know how to take things apart. He's taking it apart. Water spurting everywhere. We're mopping it up, and vacuuming it up, and we finally got that sucker fixed for just a couple hundred dollars, friend. That's how your leadership cares for your pieces, for your church, for this facility, and the ministry that goes forth. Uh, the next piece you'll see there is uh, is our ministries. And uh, you saw those four ministries up on the board, and we spent we keep it real. Most of the guys uh, and, and, that lead those ministries, you know, use their own finances and resources for things, you know, uh, until we're at a place where those budgets are strong enough. Many times those young adults are paying their own way for things, and uh, it's just magnificent. And, uh, and and it should be that way. We all should give uh, to the ministry that goes forward. And then outreaches and events, we spent, you know, just uh, $11,500 on outreaches and events. And the reason why is because we keep it cheap, simple, and easy, and, uh, and we don't don't have to spend gobs of money to somehow get people you know to, to, to get right with our uh, you know our outreaches and events like that we just keep it simple I'm always they, the staff always teases at me because you know we gave away all these bicycles you know well bicycles are expensive if you go get them from Walmart they're you know $40-$50 a piece well I get on these uh, websites where, uh, where they auction off all this junk and pallets come on some of you know what I'm talking about and, uh, and so I keep buying these bicycles for $5-$10 a piece and then they all have to put it together like pastor we're just not buying it they're missing parts like crazy That's why they're on that website. But anyway, it's fun. Anyway, and so we're saving thousands of dollars but losing lots of man man hours. And then at the end of it, you'll see our advancement and emergency fund. Uh, I encourage you, if you don't personally do this, you should. Uh, As a church, um, you didn't even know, but we had probably five or six air-conditioned units that went kapunk this year, this summer. You didn't even feel the need of it. Why? Because we keep an emergency fund. And uh, in other words, a savings account, if you will. And if something goes kapunk, we're not like, oh, my God, y'all have to give. You've not been here ever, and you come from churches where they were begging you to give or they were going to be in trouble, right? Well, we just manage it well so that we don't have to do that in Jesus' name. That doesn't mean we won't have something that happens one day that we have to all give extra and above, but we're able to manage it properly, so we just fixed the air-conditioned units as we needed to be, thousands of dollars this year. The hot water heater went out, I think it was ten grand. You didn't know that. You still had hot water when you went in there to wash your hands. And the reason why is because we put money aside. And when we started 2016... We didn't know how many people would come to this church in 2016. We budgeted 2016 based on the income from 2015. We budgeted tight and strong, and we kept to that budget all throughout 2016. Midway through, there were multiple times we didn't have enough staff to care for you and to help you. We didn't have enough pastoral team to even go visit you in the hospital. We didn't have enough folks to help build small groups and things like that. We just didn't have enough staff, but we, all, but we had set a budget And even though we saw increase happening, we didn't want to get outside of the budget because God blesses us when we plan. He blesses those plans if we'll plan them in the Spirit and with Him. Jesus said it like this. How foolish for a man to go to battle, not first see if he's got enough to win the war. How dumb for a man to build a tower and not evaluate if he's got enough to finish it. And I hear people talk vision all day long on the radio. Hallelujah, we got a vision. And if you'll just give, friend, let me tell you something. We got a lot of vision. But we don't beg and pull and tug on you for all of that because what we do is says God blesses you, you bring in the resources of the kingdom of heaven, and then we manage that properly according to the vision that God gives us. Isn't that good? Say yes. yes. So we don't have to put ourselves extended so far out there. That's what some of you did this year. You went and bought a car. You didn't even have money to pay for it. What would you do that for? Well, God's going to bless me. Well, <laughs> he'll bless you. Then go get the car. That's how this thing works, and so we see people misappropriate that principle and get themselves in a lot of trouble. That's not to say sometimes we don't have to stretch our faith to somewhere beyond where we're at right now. But right now, in the way we're positioned, we just need to manage the resources properly, and God will keep blessing us. Isn't that good? Say yes. And so, as a result of that, we had—if uh, you'll see down at the bottom—$72,000 that we didn't budget for that came in over and above. Wow. You ought to give yourselves an amber. That's that magnificent. It's crazy. That's crazy. And so now, as a result of that, we can, create, we can move on some of the vision pieces that we have that we've had to put on hold because we budgeted according to what was coming in last year. Isn't that good? Say yes. Yeah. That's just good management, my friend. That's just good leadership that you have on your team and, and taking care of God's finance. If you'll turn to the next page or the other part of the inlet, you'll, uh, leaflet, inside of the leaflet, you'll see 2012, our, our income in 2012 was 254000 2013, $286,000. 2014, 299, 2015 when we got this facility and some of you started coming like, oh, I didn't know you were a church. Yes, here we are. And you started coming and tithing and giving offerings, uh, 580,000. And then look at 2016. You ought to go crazy for Jesus right there. (laughs) Almost a million dollars, $946,000 how God has increased. And that's why... 500 souls came into the kingdom. And that's why the city says, that church on the hill, that's the greatest church in the city. They're always caring for us and helping us and doing things like That's why the ministries that we have are thriving and moving forward. That's why 20 visitors a week with a total of 294, 1,094 in 2016. Why? Because you guys are giving of your lives, of your resources. This is your church. This is our family. This is God moving on our behalf. If you turn to the back page, we'll close out with this last little piece. And and, and it talks about, first. the first top of it is our vision. This is not a little something for our website. This is who we are. First and foremost, it says that our vision of Church on the Hill is to relentlessly love Jesus. Somebody shout amen, please, dear God. My my God, I see some of these guys these days. I don't know if it's a church. I think it's a social club. I never hear them talk about Jesus. He is the center of this church. He is Lord of Church on the Hill. He is the master, the owner. He's the, co- he's the head coach. He's every Jesus is who we're after. We're going to push you to love him like you've never been pushed. We're going to draw you in with his love. As he, as he draws us in, we're going to respond to his love. I'm telling you, this is going to be 2017. You're going to fall deeper in love with Jesus than you've ever fallen in love with Jesus. The second part of our vision you'll see here is relentlessly love Jesus and his church. We fight hard. To love one another. Yep. Friend, I'm going to just tell you something. You can't come to this church without getting offended, some, getting offended at some point. It's going to happen. I'm going to make you mad. You're going to make me mad. That's called relationship. Yep. Okay? It's just, but we fight to love each other. When I sit around gossiping and slander. We smack that. When you start talking bad about something, you'll see me. I'll just look at you and just walk away. And then come back. You know, you probably shouldn't have said all that. I know you're hurting, and I know they did you dirty, but come on. We're supposed to be the church. we got to fight for that. We've all been in positions and places and other churches and other relationships. that just like you can never do right. I mean, listen, we're human. All have sinned. We're going to sin against each other, and then we're going to do Matthew 18, and we're going to go and make it right. Okay? That's what we're going to do. We're going to love it. And we're not going to talk about all the other churches around here. Listen, I, we don't have time to be worried about what the other church down the street ain't doing right. Friend, let me tell you something. That is his bride. His bride. Jesus is the groom. And his church is his bride. And I, d- I tell you, start talking about about my wife and see what happens. I'm messing with somebody else's bride. That's his business. He fixes them. I'm just doing our best to do what we can with Church on the Hill. Isn't that good? Say yes. And the last part of our vision says, and to relentlessly love the hurting. Can i just going to help you right now. Help you right now, especially if you're visiting. If you don't want to see people who are struggling with their sexuality, if you don't want to see people who are struggling with addictions and difficulties in your church, this is, not, this is not your church. Because we're going to love the hurting people. Jesus said it's the sick who need the doctor. And they're going to be folks. Can I tell you something? With all that has happened over the last 10 years, I'm going to just tell you something. They're going to be people who come in here completely confused about their sexuality. And we're going to love them. They're not going to dictate our direction. They're not going to control the atmosphere. But I'd be doggone if we're going to kick them out to the cold and say you're not good enough for our presence. We're going to be just like Jesus. We're going to love them. We're going to help them. And we're going to get back to all these things. Amen. It? It's good. So, goals for 2017. If you'll, if you'll, you'll see them on the screen. Look at, them at the bottom of the page. I'll move through this real quick. You got to have a vision and direction and some goals. And so, I would like to shoot high. And uh, if we shoot and miss, I'd rather shoot high and miss than shoot low and make it. Come on, somebody. That's a good statement right there. First and foremost, that every member of Church on the Hill, if you're a member, say me. Every member of Church on the Hill will grow in relationship with God. Other Christians, as well as helping hurting people. Our goal this year is that you grow in God. That you look back on 2017 and say, man, I've grown in God. Man, I'm not as hateful as I used to be. I'm actually a nice person now. It's amazing. I actually hear God's voice. I'm actually helping other people at my job come to know Jesus a little bit. That's our, that's our first and foremost goal. Our second goal is we'd like to see a 1,000 people come to know Jesus this year. We saw 500. We'd like to see a 1,000. We want to see your friends, your co-workers, your family members. We'd like to see your uh, spouses. We'd like to see them come to know Jesus as Lord and say, I don't want them to die and go to hell. Do you? Do you want to see them burn and die and go to hell? Every I told you this before. Every two to three seconds, someone dies in the world, and most of which go, go to hell. That's not right, especially when we're the light of the world. And so let's go forth and be that light. And so we want to help reach 1,000 souls this year and be a part of the community of believers that make it hard to go to hell from Cedar Hill, uh, Duncanville, DeSoto, Arlington, and all the surrounding areas. Here's the next goal that we have, that we want to take over 100 people. And mo- most of you said yes today, so we'll, we'll get that number taken care of. Take over 100 people on a short-term mission trip this year because we want to see lives change. Uh, this, another goal that we have is that we want to expand our influence to a second campus. We, want to, we really feel like the Lord's told us to do that, and we want to increase. And, um, and let, let me give you my little illustration. Um, um, h- how many of you guys have been to the McDonald's in Fort Worth that feeds, uh, can feed 10,000 people at one time? Can feed 10,000 people? How, how, the no. How many of you guys have been there? Yeah, it, it's got, they've got like 100 cash registers. It's unbelievable. They've got a four-story car garage parking so just so you can get them. And at one point in a time, they'll, they'll have 10,000 seats for everyone sit and eat their hamburgers. Have you been to it? That's because it doesn't exist. Yet McDonald's feeds more people every day than anybody else in the world. How do they do that? They put a McDonald's on every street corner. Come on, somebody. And so I don't think the church needs to be this place where we try to get 10,000 people in one spot. Let's just go put a church over where they live. Come on, let's just do that. And you can pastor. It would be awesome. Let's just, let's just make it hard to go to hell in our lifetime. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's stand before the Lord and say, God, I did my best, man. I did everything I knew to do. And we just tried to, all that we could do. Just make it. Is, Sean jumped up. I almost jumped up. Dear God. everybody sleeping. Got up too late. I think we're supposed to stand. Okay. Uh, keep going. We want, to, uh, we want to double the amount of life-giving small groups that we have this year. Because we want to touch more people and disciple more people. And then this last one, uh, second to last one, I'm really excited about. We want to develop and acquire an amazing kids, youth outreach vehicle, I was in prayer and I saw this thing man, in the spirit I saw like this big box truck looking thing, that had church on the hill, plastered all on the side of it, and we rolled up in a neighborhood park, all the kids are standing around and we fo- folded down the side of it and had video games, and music playing, and they are like ah, and we came in we, and we started preaching to them, they're playing video games we're loving on them, we're pulling into activities here in the city, you know, country day and other things, and it's just a cool thing that causes people to get saved, and knowing about jesus so we're believing to, uh, to pull off building out one of those things if you're a builder and you want to be a part of that or you want to make a large donation see me after the service all right and the last one is god will do it he'll do it we want to improve our new Clark facilities. This campus, we we, want to, we got in here. We didn't do a whole lot of remodeling and stuff. We just kind of put a little paint on the wall here and, there, here and there. But there's some things that need to be done. We've got a major sewer issue. Sometimes you can smell it. We've got to get that figured out. And, uh, and they were talking, to, the plumber said it might be uh, tearing up uh, the foundation to get to it. Things like that. So we're, we're, we've got some improvements we need to do. We're believing to get to do that as well. All right? Isn't that good? Now listen. You're here today maybe the first couple weeks and you thought, man, I'm coming to church. I'm going to get ministered to. And then that joker sat here and all he talked about was the money and the vision of the church. Friend, we did that on purpose. And I'll tell you why. Because you need to know, is this the church you're going to put roots in? Is this where you want to raise your kids? Is this direction that we're heading in that God gave us, is this what you want to be a part of over the next 20 years of your life? You've you, you got to stop bouncing from church to church. you got to stop calling this person your pastor, this group of people your people. Every time you get mad at them, lead them go to another. You need to put roots down somewhere so that you can bear fruit because plants with no roots bear no fruit. And so you need to know, is this what you want to be a part of? Is this one of, you want to give your livelihood to? You want to give your life effort and energy to? Is this a group of people you want to do life with? And so we laid it all out, back to our key scripture, and showed you the integrity of our heart. So that God can bless you, either a part of us or somewhere else. And you need to know, is this where I want to be? Is this, do I want to support missions like that? Is that what's in my heart? Is this the people I can connect with? And is this how I want to do life? And friend, if this is the place, then let's make 2017 the greatest miraculous thing that's ever happened. God has, the, yeah, come on, give the Lord a hand. It's magnificent. Stand with me all across the room. We'll close out. We've gone a little long today. I apologize, but you had to hear the state of the union. Come on, somebody. I want you to close your eyes And bow your heads with me for just a moment We can rejoice today Because God has done miracles in our midst I don't know if you realize it But you're right Smack in the middle of revival Daily salvations The book of Acts chapter 2 says that they had daily salvations It says that they Had the favor of the community All the people The people in the church Their needs were being met That's why I keep begging you to get in a small group so your needs can get met. If you go down, it's about a list of about nine things there in Acts chapter 2 when it's talking about the New Testament church and the revival that they were experiencing. It's magnificent. We're experiencing the same thing here and now. It's it's crazy. And it's not because because of anything other than the integrity of our heart. God is blessing them. He sees it. He searches out our heart. He sees it. You gave tithes and offerings when you didn't believe in it. You were struggling to even think that was scripturally accurate. Because you showed up here and you greeted people at the front door. You welcomed them. Loved on them. When you, when you were struggling with your own marriage and didn't even want to go to church. Because you served in the kids ministry and loved on those babies. Even though you had a week. Made you not even want to get out of bed. The Lord has blessed us because of the integrity of our hearts. Because we just want Jesus. Because we just want to be the church. We just want to help hurting people. You're a part of something unbelievable. God has put all of our destiny points together. He put your path connected to my path. My con- path connected to her path and his path. And he brought us all together for such a time as this. With all of our gifts. With all of our strengths. With all of our weaknesses. Because he's trying to do something in the earth today. He's trying to make, make something happen. And this South Dallas County area. He's trying to do something. All the other churches, they want to go to all the rich neighborhoods up north. All the new cities being built out. But you and I are here. Like a Galilee. Can anything good come out of Galilee? It's exactly where Jesus went to minister. And God's doing it. You're a part of it and I'm a part of it. As we go to close out today, I want you just to rejoice in your heart. Under your breath, I want you to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for blessing us this is your church friend, this is our church if it's ugly it's because we're ugly if it's nice, it's because we're nice if it's financially stable, it's because we're financially stable if it stinks it's because we didn't do anything to change that so right where you stand you need to rejoice in your heart and before your God, and I want you to just tell me, Lord thank you thank you for the miracles that you've done thank you for the supernatural outpouring thank you for joining all of our hearts together thank you for doing something in the earth we get to be a part of it 90% of churches in America are in de- decline. You see on TV all the big, fancy churches, but 90% of the churches in America are on decline. They're losing people. People are dying and nothing new's happening. But you're right in the middle of God's movement because of the integrity of your heart. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, as you're just rejoicing there under your breath, God has put you in a church that's magnificent, that you are this church. Every part that you bring to it, but if maybe you're in this place today and you're not right with God. You're away from God. Maybe, maybe, maybe you say, Pastor, you know, there was a time where I served the Lord, but life happened, man. And we, I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I'm away from him. Friend, I got good news for you. He loves you and he's calling you home. Maybe you say, Pastor, I've never been a Christian. I'm not really sure what it all means, but I know that something's missing in my life, friend. That missing is your creator's love. A relationship with the one who created you. That's what's missing. You I've tried it all, been all over the place. Tried other religions, but I'm just empty. That's because until you give your life to the one who created you, life will not make any sense. It'll have no purpose. So today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if I'm speaking to you, that's God tugging at your heart. It's not an accident that you made it here today. It's not an accident that you were part of this message, part of this, this sermon where we're talking about what God did in our life. God wants to do the same thing for you personally. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're away from Jesus, you're not a Christian or you used to be and you've walked away and you want to come home, I'd like to pray with you. No one's looking around. Would you just reach out to your God today? If you're ready to come back to the Lord, you're ready to make him the Lord of your life, I want you to just sweetly, quietly lift up your hand right where you're at. No one's looking. It's just me, you, and Jesus. And we're going to ask Jesus to transform your life. Cross this room. Quickly lift your hands. Say, Pastor, that's me. I see it. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for your honest. Thank you, ma'am. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Amazing person. Thank you, Father. Anybody else say, "Pastor, pray for me. It's time. I want to come back to the Lord." Make sure I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. Give you about 3 seconds. Pray for me. Thank you, sweet love. Thank you, ma'am. About three or four more seconds. Yep. I see it in the back. Thank you. You can put it back down. Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Two more seconds and we're going to move on. Anybody else say, "Pray for me. It's time. I'm ready to be right with the Lord." Okay. God bless you. I see you in the back. Amen. All your hands are down. Now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Prayer of repentance. Prayer of relationship connection pray with you come back to the Lord in fact I'm going to get everyone in the audience to pray this prayer out loud there's nothing magical about the words what's supernatural is that God drew your heart and you responded you lifted your hands I want God so I want to lead you in a prayer of commitment to Him in a relationship with His Son Jesus would you pray this out loud with me say Jesus today I surrender my life my wants my desires and here and now I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Write my name in your book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I promise to serve you all the days of my life in Jesus name. Keep your head bowed for a moment Father I pray for every man and woman who lifted their hand for the first time or maybe coming back to you. I pray right now they would sense your peace, sense your forgiveness Lord they don't have to They do not have to do great big deeds, they don't have to do, uh, say 2500 Hail marys and, and crawl on their knees, they don't have to give all the money to the church oh God. Lord you did it all on the cross and may they receive that forgiveness right now may they know that the peace of God Lord God will, will guard their hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. May they sense your joy and may they know that you are in their life like never when they walk out the door may they hold their their chest out a little bit their arms back and hold their head a little higher knowing that they are safe that they are right with you and though lord god they may not be perfect and they may not have it all figured out that you're going to teach them lord your holy spirit's going to guide them and lord god you're going to strengthen them and you're going to heal them and lord god we thank you thank you for changing lives today in jesus name And everybody shout it amen and amen and amen